Oh my, hiding my Kitane Hotaka. Welcome to the panel on RNZ National. On today, King Charles III's coronation will take place this weekend. From the orb to the coronation spoon to the quiche at the big lunch after all the pomp and ceremony. And if you're listening in, having train issues, get in touch with us. How long can we put up with such substandard public transport? Uh, I want to know. And an Invercargill City Councillor accused of sexually harassing a teenage employee has resigned, triggering a by-election, suggesting that she would enjoy jelly wrestling naked. We are joined by another Invercargill Councillor, Alex Crackett, and she is also speaking up about this issue. And why have we stopped... Talking to strangers, asks Steve Chamberlain in The Guardian. Efficient urban design, attention-grabbing screens and isolating headphones all mean that we're rapidly losing the art and joy of spontaneous encounters. I mean, when was the last time you met and talked with a stranger? Text me, 2101. And at the end of Friday's show, ooh, ah, ooh, ah, ooh, Fruju's going to hit you. Not of us the grapefruit one, the aficionado's ice block, something a little bit sophisticated in the mouth, in a dumbed down world, the grapefruit fruju, it's gone. With me this afternoon, Moata Tamaida, writer, librarian, digital library web content lead at the Christchurch City Libraries. Uh, Moata, kia ora, welcome to the panel. G'day. And Glad Stephen Jacoby. Yeah, good to have you here. Stephen Jacoby, uh, Executive Director of the New Zealand International Business Forum, APEC Business Advisory Council, and I can imagine very excited about the free trade deal with the UK. Kira Wallace, yes, it's a good day for trade today, even though the weather's bad. Who's going to benefit? Well, we'll all benefit from this deal, Wallace. Uh, this is one of the very few free trade agreements that actually is going to free up trade. Fancy that. <laughs> but uh, has a lot of good stuff in it. Wine? Honey? They'll definitely benefit, the wine, won't they? Definitely the honey, the, the dairy, the meat, a lot of stuff. And we'll get, hopefully, some more UK investment in New Zealand, uh, some more um, uh, workers coming in this direction to help us with our critical labour shortages. All right, good on you. Jumping into the Friday mailbag this afternoon, a lot of response across many different issues. Let's just start with a lighter one here. Plain croquet, and why isn't it as big as lawn bowls? We went to uh, a croquet club in New Plymouth. They want new members. They're saying that it's not getting as much attention, so we thought we'd highlight it. And Michael says, well, during my Kandala childhood, one of our next-door neighbours was the Australian High Commissioner's residence when Sir John Collins took up the role, 56 to 62, he converted the grass tennis court into a croquet lawn. Through the trees between the boundaries, properties rather, we would hear reluctant guests receiving increasingly impatient instruction from Sir John. Nobody seemed to be enjoying themselves. I wonder if that is why the game... Has never appealed to me. So, look, a little bit of inside information there. Michael, thanks for that uh, bit of gossip around the panel here. Moata, ever played it? No, I haven't. Uh, although Not I was once. a very big no, I was a very big fan of the film Heather's. If anyone's seen that, croquet mm. plays a part in that. So, I am intrigued by it. I wonder if. Um, the people who want croquet to be more um, popular have thought about, um, you know, because if you go to the bowling club, they have really cheap beer. 
have they considered that that might be something that they could implement? Yes. I'm not saying that's that's the most popular thing about lawn bowls, but maybe it is. That's right. A leverage, a a, a price point uh, to get people. And Stephen, I can imagine you would have had many of these games. You're on a trade mission, you're on a delegation, be it be it Singapore, be it Europe, and you all get together around croquet. Is that what you do? Well, you know, uh, sorry to to burst the myth, Wallace, but in fact, no. And uh, I live in Mount Eden here in Auckland, and uh, there's a wonderful place to play all these sorts of games just around the corner. But unfortunately, no, a complete zero for me on that score. Okay. Uh, being a single parent, we've got a big response, perhaps the largest response, because there was a uh, survey out um, recently uh, talking about the discrimination faced if you're a single parent. And gosh, what a response. Uh, Kelly writes, I am one of four girls and I grew up in a single parent home with mum on the DPB from the years of about seven to 14. I am the second oldest. It's it was very hard, and although I didn't appreciate it, it must have been a horrendous, mind-blowing experience for my mother. I recall the power bill being especially traumatic. We lived in a state house in a lower socioeconomic area in Lower Hutt. We were often discriminated against from not having school books quick enough by the teachers, called out in class that my mum hadn't bought our books so the class can't start learning. I mean, mum had to buy four sets, so we wait till our particular payday... Another time, not having a blue school jacket, school colours, but a maroon one. I took from my mum in the dead of winter. Uh, A neighbour across the road would report mum if she had a male visitor. I have to say, it was hard. And I was embarrassed for years during and after. It's crazy, really, as mum was in her late 20s doing all this and doing such a brilliant job. I never went hungry. We were warm and we had each other. Quite a story, Moada. Yeah, and it's it's not a million miles away from how I grew up as well. Um, uh, we started out in a state house um, and then we moved to, I can't remember what the scheme was, but it was basically like you could p- pay housing court, but then eventually you ended up owning the house. Um, but yeah, no, there was no spare money for anything really. Um, and that's that's awful that the teacher would shame them for not having school books because like school uniforms, school books, that whole thing about why does your jacket have to be the same colour? Like, isn't it more important that the child is warm? Um, yeah, I, a lot of that resonates with me, and it is it is mm. really really hard. And there are some absolutely heroic parents out there doing it really tough. And Mother's Day is coming up, so just you know, <laughs> show your appreciation. Absolutely, wider Stephen. Well, yeah, that's a, a, a story that will probably ring a lot of bells for a lot of people, I would say. Uh, and, um, you know, I, I had a modest upbringing, uh, lived in South Auckland, uh, and, um, you know, I was very conscious that there were people that I went to school with uh, who didn't have the things that uh, I was able to have. Uh, and um, it just seems extraordinary, doesn't it, looking back on those times, but there are plenty of people uh, today in our society who are facing equally if not worse, conditions. And that's a, a, a terrible thing for our country mm. and for our society. And from Jeanette, being a sole parent in New Zealand on the benefit will make you bitter or numb. Now I'm raising a grandson as my daughter's marriage fell apart and she's too sick to work. I had to beg wins for money to cover an unexpected electrician's bill today. I own my own home, but it's falling apart and old. But I'm hopeful that this enormous bill... Uh, will somehow be covered. 
Uh, and what else did we talk about uh, on the programme? A panellist, Connor English, suggested, why don't cyclists pay road tax? That got quite a response. Alison says, to your panellist who's just suggested that cyclists need to pay road tax, it takes me about two and a half hours to get to my job at Westlake Girls over the Harbour Bridge by riding my bike and taking the bus. It takes me about 45 minutes to take my car return. I am already taxed very heavily by time and order to save the planet from carbon emissions. So your comment, dreadful, it shows no understanding of the fierce commitment and determination it takes uh, to bus or cycle each workday, even when the weather is harsh. Also, a big response regarding a teacher shouting out at his students. This teacher from Nayland College was filmed yelling and swearing at the students for failing to complete the set work. He goes... You've glued four straws to four bits of effing paper. Useless. Um, well, sorry, Wallace. As an ex-teacher, I can't support shouting at students. Teachers who do so lose control because it's not respectful. Respectful behaviour, you can't ask more from your students than you deliver yourself. You lose your moral authority. Or someone says, bored kids, weak curriculum and stress teacher the shouty strategy never works. So thank you for all that. And goodness gracious me, we've had such a response regarding when was the last time you've spoken with a stranger. Um, Karen says, well, today, actually, uh, on the beach at Waikawa Picton, walking the dog along the foreshore, he was about to launch his dinghy to clean his boat. And it was just a lovely conversation standing next to a calm sea with calm air all around us. I cannot wait to talk about that. When was the last time you've spoken with a stranger? Just a stranger. Spontaneous joy of chatting to someone you don't know. Time for I've Been Thinking. From the heart, that's what it's all about. Mawata, what are you pulling from the heartstrings for us this afternoon? Uh, well, earlier today, um, Wallace, I saw something shared on social media um, and it was a member of parliament in um, South Korea whose name is uh, Haiyan Yong. I'm not sure if I'm saying that correctly, but I did my best. Um, and I didn't realise in South Korea there are these no kid zones where children are excluded from places like cafes. And I was very surprised, surprised to read public libraries, which seems bizarre to me. Um, and so... Uh, this um, member of parliament was addressing this and, and she had this to say, the society we want is not one that is only made for people who are quick, skillful and experienced, but one where it's okay to be slow, clumsy or inexperienced. And I don't think that needs to just apply to children, actually. You know, <laughs> that, that implies a whole raft of, you know, differently abled people, older people, just People who, like, I didn't get enough sleep last night. You know, I mm. think this idea that we extend a little bit of grace to our fellow humans, whether they be, you know, two years old or 80 years old. Um, and, and actually, another thing that I learned in looking up more information about this is that South Korea has basically the lowest birth rate in the world. 
Um, and it, it just, seemed, I mean, I don't know, I haven't been to South Korea, I don't know what it's like there, but I was just really surprised that that was, that no kid zones were a thing. And um, I think that you're you're excluding a lot of people, I mean, children, obviously, yeah. but women, because they usually are primary carers for small children. Uh, so I think I'm not a fan. A bit of grace toward your fellow humans. So no to no kids zone, said Moata Tamara. Stephen, what's been on your mind? What has been, what's your IBT this afternoon? <laughs> well, when I've not been thinking about uh, the FTA with the UK or all the many reasons why New Zealand would be foolish to join the AUKUS agreement, I've actually been thinking about our prospective move from Auckland to Napier. Uh, it's a sort of pre-retirement thing, Wallace. I know it's shocking. You can't believe I'm that old. Uh, we're not Couldn't quite ready it. to stop working. Um, maybe it reflects a sort of post-pandemic thing uh, about a reevaluation of what we want to spend our time doing. I don't know. Um, we're certainly looking forward to spending time with our future grandchildren. Why would you um, leave but, Auckland's um, greatest city? Well, we're going to Hawke's Bay's greatest city, Wallace. That's the thing, you see. No, but you're leaving uh, Auckland. And, you're leaving the super city. Why would you do that? Well, because, you know, the, the, the heartstrings pulling us back uh, to Napier, where we spend a number of years. Of course, uh, Napier's changed just a lot recently, and that is a bit of a worry for us uh, because I feel very much for the people in Hawke's Bay and Tairawhiti at the moment. Uh, and, um, you know, this cleanup is taking a long time. Uh, the costs are enormous. Government's trying to come to the party, but they need to be doing more. There are no ministers from Hawke's Bay in government anymore, How in cabinet anymore. How's mm. that happened? Yeah. So hopefully we can lend a hand. And Wallace, I could become your regional correspondent uh, for the panel. I can't so I'm looking wait. To a whole new, I'm looking to a whole new perspective on life. Good on you, Stephen. A second life in Hawks Bay. Wonderful. Um, strangers, last Thursday I picked up a hitchhiker. Very chatty. Couldn't take him far, unfortunately, says Grant. The panel. <laughs>